Guru, another week of FPL is upon us. It's your post-wildcard week team, your game week six, the week after you have played your wildcard. I'm excited to see what sort of form your team's in, what it's looking like. Are you excited too? Can't wait to show everyone my team, talk through how we went last week with my wildcard and uh, talk through the strategy of my side and, and what I expect for game week six. So we'll get into how you went in your game week five, your wildcard team. You know, it was everyone had waited for it, waited to see what sort of players you were putting in your team, Guru. So let's see how you went this week. Obviously, 67 points above the average. Um, you know, were you sort of happy with your performance this week? Were you expecting more? Were you expecting less? Look, I'm, I'm content with, with the performance. I'm not too disappointed. I'm not, you know, over the moon. Um, you know, I looked at my pre-wildcard team and I probably got an extra couple of points, obviously, I did have Tony, who had a massive score. I had people like Ben White, who had a good score, and a couple of other defenders uh, that did well. But, you know, I've looked at my side and I've thought I've saved 0.6 million by wildcarding in value, which was one of the main purposes I wildcarded. And I've got, which we'll obviously see in a minute, a really strong lineup for this week. So, yeah, look, to review this team, a um, bit disappointed that Trent didn't play because, you know, he was one of the main reasons that I wildcarded. But then, on the flip side, Rudiger's come in there and got 14 points off the bench. So I kind of can't complain there. He's pretty much saved my game week and saved my wild card. But again, you know, you've got to have these players in there to be able to pick these points up. Um, but what I will say is, you know, I've got a nice green arrow. Overall rank, 455k. You know, I do want to be much higher, um, but oh, I've moved up about 250,000 places. So it's not a bad, uh, not a bad rate to to move at and um, hopefully another 250,000 places I can move up this week and we'll be looking good. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously a little bit disappointing with the Wolves assets, but I'm sure a lot of people, you know, you bought into the hype there and there they didn't end up delivering. So a little bit unlucky with taking Ivan Tony out of your team there, but we'll get into your team for game week six, Guru. I'm excited to see how you're going to line up. So we'll start, you know, with the man in between the sticks. You're surely not going to change Robert Sanchez. He stays uh, Crystal Palace away. Um, you know, it's a derby. Might concede. Obviously, I've been talking up Zaha in uh, some of our some of our other podcasts that we do. Um, but stays in goal. Um, my backup goalie is uh, the same as what I had last week. We'll see later on. It's it's actually Brighton's number two anyway. So I actually don't have much room to be able to change. But um, yeah, look, no transfers in this position. Sanchez stays in goal. Yeah, and I think, you know, when, when most of the competition's got him in your team, it's fairly safe. If he keeps a clean sheet, awesome. If he doesn't, you know, it doesn't really affect you too much. It's not going to affect the average too much because of the, you know, the amount of people that have got him in their team. So I think Sanchez, you know, he's, he's usually just the, the main pick to go for goalkeeper, isn't he? But we'll move on to your defence. And, you know, obviously your defenders did big last week. Rudiger did big. You were a little bit disappointed with that man on the left, Trent Alexander-Arnold. So you're expecting him to play this week and you're expecting a big haul from him, aren't you? Yeah, look, definitely in the lineup, uh, my starting lineup this week. I'm expecting him to play, expecting him to to be fit and ready to go. If he's not, you know, we'll see a little bit later on. I do have options on the bench, but you know, these are the fixtures I bought Trent Alexander Arnold for, um, and I'm expecting a clean sheet, potentially an assist, and maybe even a goal. I think he's well overdue a goal. So, yeah, really excited about the prospect of Trent this week. Yeah, you know, as you should be. And then the man next to him, Rudiger, you know, they've obviously got Man City at home, but Chelsea are very defensively solid these days. So are you confident with Rudiger? I am. And, you know, Chelsea seem to have this knack against Man City of getting results. And, you know, we saw it with Tuchel last season when they beat them in, you know, at the Etihad. They beat Chelsea in the Champions League final, kept a clean sheet in that game. 
And I'm looking at Rudiger and I'm just thinking, if I bench him, you know, why am I benching him? What, because of Man City? And I'm just thinking, no, like Chelsea got such a good defence. They're playing at home. This game could easily be 0-0 or 1-0 uh, to Chelsea in my eyes. Um, look, I'm not doubting City in any way, but, um, you know, they're obviously a top side, but big games, normally quite tight, minimal goals, decided off a set piece, you know, nine times out of 10. And, uh, and Rudiger's a big threat. Um, so he stays in the lineup. Yeah, and it would be ludicrous to take him out after his big return against Spurs, as you said. And Nelson Semedo wraps up your back three. You know, you were fairly disappointed with his performance against Brentford, surely. I was. And, you know, he come out with one point. I brought the Wolves players in for that Brentford fixture. It didn't work. Saints away is tough. Um, you know, I'm not going to deny that it's, you know, it's, it's a green fixture there on the uh, FDR, but, you know, wouldn't really call it a green fixture with the way Wolves played and the results Saints have got lately. Um, but he goes in, there's a bit of strategy to it, which I'll reveal later on when I talk through my bench, um, but he's in there for now. Um, you know, again, was really good on his last away performance against Watford. So, you know, there's always potential of a goal threat, assist and, and that type of thing. Clean sheet, not 100% certain, but yeah, attacking threat for me. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's the reason that you put Nelson Semedo in your team. You did mention that last week. So he wraps up your back three. Interestingly, you've gone with a back three. We will touch on the formation in a little bit. But if we move on to your midfield now, who's the first asset that you've gone with? Rafinha on the left. He's obviously got the injury cloud similar to Trent. You know, are you, are you sort of worried about that? He did come off after 66 minutes against Newcastle. So is that a little bit of a worry for you? It is. And, you know, there was all the Twitter rumours before the game that he wasn't going to play. People had seen him out in Newcastle, you know, in the streets, walking around the city, saying he was going to play. And he did play and he scored and, you know, he missed chances and he, he could have had a couple of goals in that first half. Um, and up until the time he got subbed off. But, yeah, I'm a little bit worried. He's obviously got the orange uh, flag over him at the moment. There's a bit of an injury cloud. But, you know, this is coming off the back of a wild card, this, this squad. Um, and I've actually been able to, I'm lucky enough to have a couple of options on the bench. So if he doesn't play, I've got coverage. Um, I'll wait till press conferences, but for now, stays in the lineup. If he's fit, stays in the lineup. Home to West Ham, um, tough game, but I expect Leeds to play open attack and football like they always do. And if they score, I expect Rafinha to be involved. Yeah, he obviously did score against Newcastle, so a really nice return, you know, for the start of your wild card. But Yotta is the second man that you've gone with, and you know, he compliments Salah so well. You know, he just needs to get that that big return in FPL, doesn't he? At the minute, he started the season off really well, but you know, in FPL, you can play well, and if you've got nothing to show for it, it's not worth it. So, you you expecting a haul from him this week? Look, you know, I think this is surely he's due that goal again. You know, he missed the open goal on the weekend against Palace, and. You know, we're all still wondering how he didn't put that one away. Um, you know, I brought him in the week before. He got three points that game week as well. Um, so, you know, he's in a, he's in a high-performing team. Um, I've just been happening to own him on the weeks where he hasn't actually returned because in the first two game weeks, scored in both game weeks and looked brilliant. So, um, you know, this could possibly, possibly be his last week in the team for me. Um, and I wanted to keep him um, because I think Brentford away, He's getting. The thing is, he's getting in the positions and he's getting on the end, on the end of chances. So um, I wanted to keep him just for the fact that you know it's a good fixture for Liverpool and he's just due that goal. I think you know he gets another chance like he did against Palace. He's not going to miss this time. So he stays. I'm sticking with him, keeping the faith. 
you know, I guess a positive to Yota not being in the goals as much as people would like is the man next to him on the screen there, Mohamed Salah, is, you know, scoring for fun at the minute. He's getting assists for fun. Bonus points are fun in FPL. So, you know, you just expect more of the same from him this week, wouldn't you? 100%. Salah's no way is he leaving my team anytime soon. Um, you know, I was chatting to a few uh, other FPL friends and, you know, there were sort of mentions about Mane and putting Mane in the team. But I was saying, look, I can't put him in at the expense of Salah. You know, it's going to be at the expense of maybe a Yota, but I'd have to downgrade elsewhere. And I can't take Salah out right now. Um, yeah, no way does he come out, not even to fund, you know, the likes of Lukaku or, you know, maybe even say a, a Bruno who's got, you know, a, a home game this weekend. I just can't take Salah out. Um, you know, big player, on form, goals, assists, penalties, the lot. So, stays in my side. Yeah, he's absolutely essential at the minute. And if you're going without him, you are definitely very, very brave. Damari Gray is the last man that wraps up your four-man midfield. He's a huge enabler at the minute. 5.7 million, really favourable fixture. You know, home to Norwich. Norwich concede a lot of goals. They're very leaky at the minute. You know, you'd expect a, a fair game from him and, you know, maybe a goal and an assist or two. Yeah, great. Big enabler. I brought him in for this fixture. So, you know, obviously, I missed out on him on those first few game weeks. I'd wild-carded. I got him for the Villa game. Come close. You know, two three attempt, two to three attempts on goal. One of them was just a whisker wide. Um, so, so close to, to grabbing a goal. Norwich are leaking goals on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, we thought maybe it was because they played the likes of, you know, Man City and Liverpool. Um, but no, you know, we saw against Watford that, you know, they are, they are leaking the goals. And I think this fixture is perfect for Gray. Um, you know, potentially no Calvert-Lewin again. So Gray will probably get into a few more of those forward areas and, you know, making those those central runs. Um, and yeah, he gets a lot of shots off as well. So has to be in the lineup this weekend. Yeah, he's an absolutely huge enabler. And, you know, he allows you to, to go premium more up, up the pitch, doesn't he? So we'll go on to your strikers now and we'll see the three that you have chosen. So you've started with Patrick Bamford once again. He got the assist against Newcastle for Rafinha's goal. So it was perfect for you last week. Is he due a goal this week, do you think? I think so. I thought he was quite lucky to grab the assist against Newcastle. You know, they're the types of assists where is it really an assist? Like, I'm, I'm not complaining because I got the I got the points, but you know, it's just a it's a very uh, tedious assist. You know, he's given the ball to Rafinha. Uh, Rafinha's put a cross in that's obviously ended up hitting the back of the net. So look, I'll take the points while I can. But you know, I did think I got a bit lucky with that one. But he did nearly score in the second half. He had a great chance in that sort of last 10, 15 minutes hit it straight at the goalkeeper. I think if he gets another one of the, one of them this weekend, he'll, he'll put it away. Um, but look, I have heard that he's, he's been told to take himself out of his own fantasy team. So yeah, maybe that's maybe that's playing in his mind a little bit. Um, but yeah, Bamford, I've brought him again in for these uh, these couple of games. Um, and I think a home fixture, I'll back Bamford to score. So yeah, hopefully a goal and some bonus. Yeah, he certainly is due, you know, that goal. Obviously, he did get the assist and maybe, you know, the, the curse is that he's got him in his own team. So if he takes him out, maybe he's going to have a big haul this week. We can keep our fingers crossed. But Cristiano Ronaldo is the second man in your front three. You know, home fixture to Aston Villa, full old Trafford, chanting his name again. He's going to love that, isn't he? And he's going to get a couple of goals, do you think? I think so. Um, you know, home game, old Trafford faithful, you know, big crowd, early kickoff. He's, he's done it against Villa before. I remember years ago in the Premier League, he scored a nice little, I think it was a, potentially could be a back heel. I think it was a back heel type of flick he scored against Villa years ago um, when Man United won the league that year. Um, you know, as a team, he loves to score against. He scored a couple at Villa at Villa Park 
as well in the past. So I know this is Old Trafford, but um, yeah, Ronaldo, I think he'll grab a goal or two this weekend. Um, has to be in, in your side. If you're going to own a Man United player, he's the only one I'm owning right now. I'm wanting to own right now. Yeah, and I don't blame you, you know, with the goal-scoring form that he finds himself in at the moment. But a man who's been really devoid of goals so far this season is Raul Jimenez. You know, he couldn't just get into that game against Brentford. He had that header that sort of just glanced wide of the post, which, you know, we were watching with eager eyes, but he didn't manage to find the back of the net. So, you know, if he's going to return Guru, it's got to be in these next two fixtures, you think, wouldn't you? That's it. And it's just such a strange one with Jimenez. You know, those first three games... He was getting in the box. He was a threat. You know, he was looking like he was going to grab an assist. I know, I know he didn't get these points, but he was just so close. And, you know, on the uh, on the threat ranking, he's in the top. I think he was number one for threat from strikers uh, before this Brentford game. He's really high up there even now uh, on the ICT index on the uh, on the FPL app. So, um, you know, he's getting in the right areas. And you just can't blank forever, I think, Jimenez. And, you know, we saw him miss that header at the end and then he took his headband off. And I think that was him saying, I'm not wearing that anymore. You know, I think he was pretty much saying, if I take that headband off, I'll score that header next time. Um, so I think we could see, a, you know, a different, more confident Jimenez uh, without the headband. Um, and this is a good fixture for him. And I didn't just bring him in for last week. You know, it's for this next sort of three, four, five games for Wolves. And I don't think they can get any worse than what they were against Brentford. Um, so it has to be in there. Um, this week and I like to play the attacker I always want to play you know don't like benching attackers they can score at any time sometimes get given the penalties as well so yeah there's no way I'll be uh, benching Jimenez this weekend he stays while we're on the topic of bench we'll move on to your bench now I'll just let you run through it ever so quickly goalkeeper Jason Steele obviously an easy rotation for Sanchez so you know I like to kind of match the goalkeepers have the number one and the number two if Sanchez is ill can't play um, late injury still will come into the team. So he's a goalkeeper. Um, number one on the bench is Marcel. And that's purely because if Semedo has a good game, Marcel is going to have a good game in terms of a clean sheet. And if Rafinha doesn't play, Marcel slots straight in. And then that double up on Wolves defence might just pay off. Um, didn't want to risk putting him in with a double up after I got burnt last week in the Brentford game. Um, you know, and if it pays off this week, it pays off. But um, you know, there's other players I wanted to uh, to put in the lineup instead. Livermento, number two. This is a tough one. You know, I really wanted to start him this week. Home game against Wolves. Saints have looked uh, tight at the back. Um, you know, and this could be a uh, you know a low scorer, a low scoring game. They could keep a clean sheet, but you know, if I've got Jimenez up front, do I really want to be doing Jimenez versus Livermento um, and then benching my two Wolves defenders? Uh, with a Saints defender, I just looked at it and thought, from a strategy point of view, play the Wolves attacker, play Semedo, who's got a high chance of getting up that right-hand side and maybe assisting a Jimenez goal. Um, you know, Marcel is the one that's going to miss out there. Livermento misses out. Um, so, yeah, tough one. It's nice to have a couple of options, though. So, you know, if there is injuries to the likes of Rafinha, um, then I've got players to come in as well. Um, and then the last one, Mendy. He was just in there, 4.4 million signing. Not expecting him to play a minute for my team. Um, yeah, I needed the point one for my uh, my transfers in the next coming game weeks that happen. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a really good job that you've done there, Guru. You know, you've taken advantage of your wild card to sort of get those cheaper players, you know, sitting on the bench um, so that you can have that cover. 
The guru, as we can see on the screen there, Ronaldo's got the captain's armband and Salah with the vice, but I'm inclined to think that, you know, it's not an e as easy a decision as, you know, sticking it on one of them. I'm sure you're tossing and turning, you know, sleepless nights, trying to decide who to put the armband on this week. It's such a tough call, Elliot. Um, you know, you can see at the moment, it's on Ronaldo, home game against Villa, first game of the night. You know, we've seen success this season with Man United in early games, Bruno game week one. Um, but look, this decision's not final. I am swaying between the two. So, you know, it's going to be on either Salah or Ronaldo at deadline. This is just a placeholder for now. It's not confirmed. You know, I'll give it a few days. I'll see if anything happens in these League Cup fixtures. You know, make sure neither of them play and get any niggling injuries. Um, and then I'll make a call uh, probably towards the end of the week. Um, but yeah, on Ronaldo for now, because that was just how I left it. Um, Vice on Salah. Could be either of them. Could be either of them. So don't don't be surprised you know, viewers, if you tune in next week, that it ends up on Salah. So it could be one of the two. Um, but look, if you keep up on the so on the socials, on the Twitter, on the Instagram, I will have my locked-in team before deadline so you can actually see who I've capped in there. Transfers for this week, you haven't really, you haven't played any. You know, you're happy with your team from your wildcard. You've built your team for, you know, the upcoming game because you haven't just wildcarded for a one-week punt. You've really built your squad so that you can, you know, move forward in FPL. Is that sort of the strategy that you've gone with? That's exactly it, Elliot. And I've gone with you know your old saying of transfer rolling over. Just let it tick. Let the, let the points happen. Um, you know, I don't need to make these changes. I made 10 or 11 of them last week in my wildcard. I don't need to make any more right now. I've got a transfer strategy in place uh, for, next, for the preceding game week, so game week seven, which obviously we'll talk about next week. But for now, there's nothing that needs to change. Um, you know, I've got a full, a full uh, 11 out there. And if there is a couple of injuries for the likes of Trent, Marcel comes in, Rafinha, Liberamento comes in. So I've got options. Nothing needs to be changed right now. I'm just going to let it tick over and uh, hopefully get some points on the board. Yeah, absolutely. So Guru, I just want to ask you, what are your expectations for this week? You know, last week, 67 points. Do you think this team can beat that? Yeah, look, it's going to really depend on, you know, goals from the likes of Jimenez and Gray and Yotta. I think those kind of outside bets. So um, can it beat last week's? I think it can. Um, you know, if one of Ronaldo or Salah, whichever one ends up being my captain, comes out with a big score again, and then Trent gets the game and, you know, grabs that goal, which I think he's long overdue, I can see this team potentially hitting 70 to 80 points, I think, this weekend. Well, Guru, you're obviously confident in your wildcard team to, you know, roll over to this week and get you the points. You know, you're really confident this week, aren't you? I am. And I think it's because, you know, I've got that late bit of optimism with, uh, you know, the Rudiger goal and, uh, you know, that come in, it boosted my wildcard team up. And I looked at the squad, you know, the next day and I just thought, you know, I've built this for a number of weeks, not just for this one game week. I've got away with it. And, um, you know, I'm confident that this week there's enough on the park and there's enough players to, you know, beat the average and, and, and get a good score. All right, Guru, so what are you expecting this week? Another big green arrow, you know, to take you further up that ranking? It's got to be another green arrow this week. You know, I've climbed 250,000 places this game week and, uh, you know, I want another green arrow. So, you know, even if it's 5,000 places, you know, 1,000 places, I just, you know, I live for the green arrows. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting another green arrow this week. 11. So, Guru, it's another Scout Eleven this week. What can we expect today? Yeah, look, we're gonna we're gonna review last week's Scout Eleven, um, see how it went, you know, see if it beat the average, and then the new Scout Eleven. Hopefully, there's you know a squad of uh, 
11 players within the 100 million budget that are going to get big points for everyone. We'll get right into it. We'll review how last week's Scat 11 went. You obviously line up with the 4-4-2 formation, as we can see on screen. 63 points. Are you happy with that? Yeah, look, it's beat the average, so I've got to be happy. I also think it's been quite unlucky. Obviously, the likes of Alexander-Arnold um, and Robertson you know, didn't get in the lineup for Liverpool. Trent was sick. Robertson was uh, rested because of Samikas. So, you know, if they had been in there, you'd probably look at an extra 12 points plus. Ferran Torres was, was part of Pep Roulette, so he's missed out. So for this team to beat the average uh, with three players missing, you know, I'm pretty happy with that. And, you know, big special mention to Saar. You know, he was a big pick for this team, big differential. He was also mentioned in our previous uh, preview pod uh, for a differential on the 10%. So, yeah, really happy with that one. And I'm happy that the Scout 11's picked up some uh, some pretty generous points. Yeah, we can only hope that, you know, the people that were watching, uh, you know, picked up with the Saar pick because obviously, you know, a 15-point haul from him is absolutely brilliant. Six Scout 11 picked by the Guru, as he mentioned before. It's 11 players, the best 11 that you can field within the 100 million budget. So, Guru, we'll start with your goalkeeper. Who's in between the sticks for you? Casper for me this week. See, 5 million uh, at the moment is his price point. You know, so he's not the uh, the complete budget range. It's kind of that more mid-range goalkeeper, but he's got Burnley at home. I know Leicester haven't started the season too well, but you know we did see in his home game against uh, Wolves on the opening day where he got a really big score. And I think this week, a low score in Burnley side is a perfect fixture for him and it's a perfect fixture for Leicester as well. Yeah, absolutely. And they are due a clean sheet, I think, Guru, you know, playing at home in front of their fans. Burnley are pretty poor, you know, with their away form. So I'm expecting a, a Leicester clean sheet this week as well. But if we move on to your defenders now, we'll see what formation that you have gone with. You've gone with a back four again this week. We'll start with Livramento, you know, really good performance with Southampton away from home at Man City last week. You know, they only had one shot on target Man City. So are we going to see a, a more strong Southampton defence, do you think? I think so. Um, look, they've looked quite tight, haven't they? Like you mentioned in the last couple of games, got that clean sheet at the Etihad. But he is in there purely with this team being within the 100 million budget. Had to kind of squeeze a budget defender somewhere. And yeah, Livermento, I think home game to Wolves. Didn't look great against Brentford, uh, did Wolves. Saints have had a couple of tight games. And I think even if Wolves were to score, you know, there is a chance of Livermento with an assist as well. You know, he gets very high up the pitch. Um, and for 4.2 million, I think, you know, perfect pick in uh, in most squads. Yeah, he is definitely due an attacking return, but the man next to him has been full of attacking returns so far this season. Trent Alexander-Arnold, the only worry, you know, regarding him, Guru, is that little cloud above his head, the, the possible illness that he is suffering. We know that it's not COVID, it's been confirmed by the club, but, you know, are you confident that he's going to make his return against Brentford this weekend? I'm confident, I think, you know, with it not being covid a bit of an illness. I think Liverpool probably just looked at it and thought, we've got the options. We can afford to sort of rest him, play someone else, and then he'll be fresh, ready to go against Brentford. So, yeah, really big player uh, to own. I think he's going to be a must-have for uh, for this weekend if he is fit. It's precisely why, you know, as a lot of viewers will remember and know, I played my wild card in this game week, which we'll talk about in another segment. But, um, you know, he was a prime reason and hopefully he gets the minutes this week. Um, and I think he'll, he'll score big playing so high up the pitch as well. He's, he's almost an attacking midfielder at times, isn't he? So um, really excited about Alexander-Arnold and I think he'll recover in time.
Yeah, should do. And Virgil van Dijk stood next to him. Obviously, you know, massive, massive presence in the box for set pieces. You know, Brentford, a newly promoted side. Van Dijk's known to score against, you know, these newly promoted teams, these weaker oppositions. So is that, you know, part of the reason that you've gone with him this week? Yeah, look, he's been unbelievable this season. It's been unbelievable every season he's played for Liverpool. Um, but, you know, the fact that he's he sort of come back from this big injury, slotted right back in. And like you said, he's just got a knack of scoring against these these teams that come up. So, you know, on the weekend, he got an assistance and bonus for Palace. He got another clean sheet. Liverpool aren't letting many goals in. Big set-piece threat. Yeah, I think he's you know, perfect for the for your sides this weekend. Double up on Liverpool. I do uh, I do bat them for a clean sheet. No, Brentford just come off the couple of goals against Wolves. But, um, yeah, Van Dijk, he's, he's a clean sheet machine. And I think this is a great fixture for Liverpool defenders and uh, and him in particular as well. Yeah, they just look a different team when he's playing. But the final defender that you've gone with is Marcus Alonso. And it's a player that if you'd picked him at the start of the season, I'm sure a lot of people would have called you crazy. But he's found his way into uh, you know contention to, to start for a lot of FPL managers' teams. The only worry, Guru, Man City at home, you know, are you sort of expecting a clean sheet from Chelsea here? Or is he here for the attacking returns alone, do you think? It's a bit of both, I think. Um, I actually do feel Chelsea will keep a clean sheet in this game. I've just got a feeling City, you know, they Struggled against Saints in front of goal. Didn't look like scoring at times. I know, I know they grabbed that goal at the end, but um, you know that was that was offside. Other than that, they just didn't really come too close in my eyes. And I think Chelsea's defence is just unbelievable. It's so strong, so many options. So I actually think there's a high chance of a clean sheet. You know, in these big games, they're very rarely goal goal fests. You always get a one nil, nil nil, one one type of game. And I think they could end up uh, nullifying each other. So I'm sort of thinking a nil-nil, maybe one-nil Chelsea in this and having Alonso in there purely because he can score from free kicks. You know, he's getting forward, putting good balls in the box. Um, you know, he's take, I think he's taking the odd set piece as well. We got the assist, obviously, against Spurs on the weekend. So, um, you know, I think if you can afford him, he's just such a good option right now, regardless of the fixture. Yeah, and obviously, Guru, it's not a cheap defence. You know, you've gone with sort of three assets that are fairly expensive and then Livermento. So we'll move on to your midfield. And obviously, you do have to save the money around the rest of the pitch. So you've gone with Damari Gray. Um, you know, he's a huge enabler in FPL at the minute. You know, Everton have got a nice fixture at home to Norwich and he's, you know, been on fire for the start of the season for the Toffees. So are you expecting more of the same from him? Yeah, I am. And I thought Gray was very unlucky against Aston Villa as well. You know, for the viewers that actually, um, you know, viewers that watched that game or saw the highlights, um, you know, he come close a couple of times. He had a very close effort in the second half. And I think, you know, his home form has been good this season as well. Scored in the last game at home that they played against Burnley. Norwich are leaking goals for fun. So I think to get an Everton asset in there this weekend is pretty vital. And Gray, you know, he's cheap, isn't he? I think he's, he's about 5.7 million now. Um, so he really fits that 100 million budget. Great fixture. He's in the goals. Was unlucky against Villa. I'm backing him this weekend to get some points. Yeah, Norwich obviously have only you know lost their past 17 games, so you'd probably expect that streak to continue. And fingers crossed, Gray gets on the score sheet as well. But as Mela Saar is, you know, we mentioned before, 15 points uh, this game week, you know, upcoming to game week six, Newcastle at home. It's a fairly favourable fixture, you know, for the Hornets to continue their, their good form, do you think? Yeah, look, I actually was, uh, you'd be surprised as well. Obviously, a bit of praise for Newcastle lately with, Sent maximum in my uh, differentials last week, but a bit, bit of praise now for Newcastle. I actually thought they were quite good against Leeds and, uh, you know, looked uh, fairly solid at times compared to what we'd seen in the previous games. So I do think it'll be quite a tough game for Watford, but 
I do think they'll score. Um, and he's just amongst the goals for Watford. He got the goal in the first game against Villa. Um, he's got those couple of goals at Norwich. So um, I think with a nice home fixture coming off a coming off a double, it's a good player to have in there. Um, will be a tough game, um, but I think for six point one million is what he's rose to now. Um, yeah, he's a pretty steady pick in that midfield, and always a chance of a goal. Not expecting him to hit the heights of what he did against Norwich, but. Yeah, if Watford score, I'm expecting him to sort of either score or, or grab the assist. Yeah, and he's obviously a very quick player, so uh, you know that causes trouble for a lot of defensive. And the man next to him might be even quicker, Mohamed Salah, your third Liverpool asset in this lineup this week. He speaks for himself at the minute, doesn't he, Guru? He's absolutely on fire in the Premier League and for FPL managers as well. Has to be in there. There's no way you don't include Salah in your fancy teams at the moment. Your scout 11s, your you know your teams of the week. He's in there. Um, you know, he's involved in everything, takes penalties, he's getting assists, he's getting goals. He's just, yeah, I feel like even watching him this season, he's on a different level to what we saw last year. Um, yeah, he's just in absolute beast mode. So, um, yeah, he's got to be in there for me. And, um, yeah, again, expecting at least a goal from him, maybe a, a goal or an assist. I think it's going to be a big week for Salah again. Yeah, and it just seems like the safe option to, to put the armband on every single week and you don't even need to change it these days. But um, Wilfred Zaha wraps up your midfield four in a, a derby sort of fixture against Brighton. It still feels weird to, to call that game a derby, but, you know, he, he's known to score in these fixtures. He rattles the Brighton fans. I remember a couple of seasons ago, you know, he's getting the goals, getting the assists in this fixture and he's such a good player, Zaha. You know, he's influential to that Palace team. Are you expecting some, some good return from this weekend? Yeah, I am. Obviously, the last home game against Spurs, Zaha played. You know, he was on penalties, which I think we're all really surprised about. So that boosts him up um, a lot more too. Um, you know, had a good game that day as well. Got the assist, he got the bonus. I think a derby game will be right up for this. Palace will be up for it. You know, they've settled down a little bit in the last couple of games under Vieira. Um, you know, I know Brighton have looked good as well. They've obviously found themselves in the top four early on but you know i think for a home game for zaha knowing that he's on penalties as well you know it could be a bit of a feisty derby got to be in there i think he's a, i think he's a great option this week so we'll move on to your forward two now that you've gone with guru and the man on the left is the one that we will go to first jamie vardy burnley at home is it similar to schmeichel you think you know leicester might just turn burnley over here you know keep a clean sheet and score a few goals yeah that's it and you know jamie vardy scored on the weekend uh, in the Brighton game. He scored a couple of other goals this season as well. Loves his bonus points. You know, the BPS system just always gives him a point or two or three if he scores. So, um, yeah, good record against Burnley as well. Leicester a dual win, I think. Um, very unlucky not to come out with a result in the Brighton game. Had a couple of disallowed goals uh, towards the end. And, yeah, Vardy, I think, will be amongst the goals this weekend. And really big differential because, you know, people are putting all their money in the likes of Ronaldo, the likes of Lukaku. Uh, up front. So I think Vardy, really big player to have this weekend if you can fit him in. Yeah. And the man that stands next to him, Guru Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, at home to Aston Villa, playing in front of that Old Trafford crowd. Again, he's going to thrive off that. He hasn't not played a game in a Man United shirt on his second return that he hasn't scored in so far. So, you know, again, he's like Salah. He sort of just speaks for himself at the minute, doesn't he? Yeah, that's it. He, again, if you're looking at Man United players, he's the one you want to own at the moment. Does everything he can to score a goal, always getting in the right positions. You know, he's always wanting the ball, making the right moves, the right runs. And yeah, he's got to be in there, I think. Um, it's one of those at the moment with Ronaldo. Scores a couple of goals and you don't have him. You know, you're probably going to slide down a lot of your mini leagues. So definitely got to be in there against Villa. 
Good record against him too as well when he was last in the Premier League. Uh, he's got a really impressive record. Had scored against him on uh, at Old Trafford before, um, you know, back in his previous spell at United. So, yeah, great fixture for him. Obviously, most fixtures are good for Ronaldo, but I think uh, this one uh, in particular is going to be, uh, I think, a nice open game, early kickoff on uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, I think, I think Ronaldo is definitely the man to own from the, the big strikers this weekend. Yeah, so a lot of brilliant assets in your team this week, Guru. The only question that I've got for you is who's getting the armband this week? Satman Salah, you know, the Egyptian king. It was a very tough call in the Scout 11. Obviously, Ronaldo, you can see he's on the vice. Uh, Salah's got the uh, the armband and he just edges it again. Midfielder points, you only really need a goal. Uh, clean sheet point, three bonus. And, you know, Ronaldo's going to need at least two goals to beat that. So um, I just think Salah's just on such good form. Ronaldo's on great form as well. I know he's got the home fixture, but, you know, I'd back Salah to come out with a goal and an assist in this or even a couple of goals. Um, and, you know, you're going to get those those more points, like I said before. So, yeah, Salah for me. Yeah, I think a lot of managers would agree with you just on, you know, the basis that he does get that extra point for a goal. And he seems to be scoring for fun at the minute, just as Ronaldo is. So I can definitely agree with the Salah pick there, Guru. But, you know, you've gone with the 4-4-2 for the second week in a row. And is it, you know, similar this week? You know, you want to get those those really good defenders, the premium assets in your defence and sort of just spread the funds out evenly across the pitch? That's exactly right. And, you know, I wanted Alexander-Arnold in there. I wanted Van Dijk in there. I wanted a Chelsea defender in there. I know it's City, but obviously you mentioned before about Chelsea's defence and how good it is. It's going to be a tight game, that one. Managed to fit Salah in there, Vardy and Ronaldo. So, you know, I think a 4-4-2 is a nicely balanced fit this weekend. You know, what sort of expected points would you be happy with for this team? You know, last week you aimed for the, the 70 mark and you beat the average, you know, expecting more of the same this week, surely with the players that are in this team, beating the average upwards towards that high 60s sort of mark. Yeah, definitely beating the average for one. So I'd love to keep that streak up. Um, in terms of points, I'm going to aim about that 75 to 80 this weekend. I think Alexander-Arnold, Salah, Ronaldo, Vardy, Van Dijk, you know, if those guys can all come good. Um, then you get those differentials on the side like Zaha, Saar, Gray, you know, getting those extra points uh, where you kind of least expect it. So I'll aim for 75 to 80 this week. Um, again, though, can always just depend on if your captain hits, but yeah, I've got a good feeling about this team. Yeah, and Guru, obviously a lot of premiums in this team, a lot of exciting uh, players. You know, the, the funds are very spread evenly across the pitch. A lot of premium defenders. So I'm excited to see how this one goes. Are you excited to see how it folds out? I oh, can't wait, as usual. It's going to be another big week. You know, we've got a lot of big games um, and it's going to be great. So I can't wait to see how it performs. Our teams. Leeds is a big focus for a lot of people at the minute. You know, Rafinha and Bamford. Bamford's got the unknown return date on him and Rafinha's sort of got the yellow sort of triangle on him. So, you know, what do you think people should do with these assets, Guru? We'll start with Bamford. Do you think he's going to play this week? Surely not. Sounds like he's not going to play. I think Bezler's uh, ruled him out. He's got the red the red flag on him, which is the uh, the dreaded red flag, unknown return date. So, yeah, it's a big worry. He's in my team. I bring him in last week, obviously, for that Newcastle fixture, for this fixture, you know, potentially for the Watford fixture next week. But he's got the unknown return date. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a real worry. Um, you know, a lot of managers have invested the money into him. The good thing is, um, you know, he's a price point that we can swap him out. So, you know, we'll discuss some of those options as to who in a minute. But, um yeah, look, I think if you can afford to uh, swap him out now for another striker, I probably would. Um, if you've got a fifth midfielder handy, then um, 
I'd probably just bench Bamford and, and wait till next week. But um, yeah, it's going to be a tricky one. Yeah, I think I agree. You know, a lot of people with their wild card decided to bring in these Leeds players, including myself and you, because, you know, they've got the, the green fixture flourish, don't they, for the next couple of game weeks. They've got West Ham this week. But, you know, as you say, there is an abundance of options. He's sort of around that price point where you can sort of downgrade by 0.5 million or so and you actually end up better off. But, you know, if you had to pick Guru, who would you, you know, the assets that you'd go with be? Because the one that springs to mind for me is the man that a lot of people transferred out last week because of his red card, Mikel Antonio. Is he going to be clawing his way back into a lot of people's teams, do you think? Look, I think he is. And, you know, last week, one of the hot topics was to talk about hold, holding Antonio and the verdict was we'll hold him. And, you know, those managers that did hold him obviously going to be benefiting now because he comes in against a Leeds team that's injury hit. So, yeah, Antonio is probably my favourite straight swap for Bamford if you're going to do it. Um, you know, I did take on, I didn't obviously take on the advice of holding Antonio, but that was because I was playing a wild card. Um, and I did say for those playing wildcard, that's probably where you would uh, look at losing Antonio. But, you know, potentially um, probably is the best shout, I'd say, out of all the strikers. He's probably the best like-for-like like kind of bet. Um, and you get a good fixture out of him next week as well. So um, I think Antonio's, prob Antonio's probably the best uh, sort of short-term fix. Yeah, and do you think, you know, you could even go cheaper than Antonio and, you know, there's the likes of Ivan Tony who found himself in form last week and Adam Armstrong, you know, Alain San Maximan, even Timu Puki, all these sort of six and a half million range strikers. Are they a fair option now as well, do you think? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're good options as well. I think Puki's a good shout. Tony, uh, he's got some tougher games. I'm not too sure we're going to see the type of return we saw last week, you know, in this next three or four game weeks with the likes of Liverpool and Chelsea coming up. Um, but, you know, there's some others in that price range that are good. I think Adam Armstrong for Southampton, about six million at home to Wolves this weekend is a good pick. Um, hasn't quite done too much in the Premier League so far. He's grabbed the goal. Uh, he's been quite quiet in a few of the other games. But, you know, for that price range, some good fixtures coming up for Saints. Um, so really liking him. Uh, Josh King, I think, is a really good shout as well. He's about five and a half million. Uh, he got eight points last week, which was a couple of assists. Um, you know, really good shout. Lo gets the odd goal. He's been brilliant in previous years in FPL with, with Bournemouth as well. So he's really high up on my list. Budget enabler. He's about five and a half million. Obviously got the Newcastle fixture this weekend um, at home. And then, uh, you know, a bit tougher next week, I think, um, with the Leeds game. But again, if they're injury hit, then um, definitely a chance of scoring. Leeds letting a lot of goals. So, yeah, Josh King's another one. And then I think Edouard against Brighton, I think he's got to start now. Um, Brighton at home in front of the fans. You know, he's made a big impact since he's been at Palace. He got those goals against Tottenham a couple of weeks ago. Uh, looked really lively against Liverpool when he come on. So I think this is the week for him to start. Palace's fixtures actually are starting to take a nice turn as well. So um, I think they're all really, really good options if you don't want to do the uh, the straight swap for Antonio. Yeah, absolutely. And as we've said, there's just so, so many options with strikers this year that are around that sort of 7.5 range and even cheaper, as the gurus just said there. Josh King's a huge one, huge enabler at that price point. If you had him last week, you're absolutely laughing because, you know, he got that massive return from his low ownership um, and, you know, we talked about at the start of the season, Watford had so many strikers. It sort of looks, um, you know, Dennis and King are sort of the favoured ones these days, you know, with Troy Deeney and stuff leaving. So I think it is safe to go with those Watford ones. And, you know, even though they are playing my team, Newcastle at home this week, I think it's smart to, to pick one of them up because if they're going to score, you know, 
they're going to score against Newcastle, you'd like to think. So it will be an interesting one. I feel like we could uh, actually be on for some sort of goal fest in that one. I think two pretty weak and brittle defences. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But, you know, Guru Rafinha is another big one. He's in my team. I don't know what to do with him. Is it worth, you know, just holding off on him and hoping he's playing? I've heard rumours both ways, both edges of the sword. So what sort of do you take of it? Yeah, that one, I think, slightly tougher than, say, Bamford. With Bamford, we've got the red flag. It's kind of, we know he's not playing this week. It's get rid of him. You know, you're going to get a player in that's going to play. Uh, Rafinha, it's one of those, if you do take him out and then he gets minutes, he could score, he could assist at any moment. He's a great player. So um, I would wait on Rafinha. I think, you know, opposite to Bamford, definitely wait on him. Um, did see, obviously, everyone that watches knows I'm a big fan of going through players' Instagrams, clubs' Instagram pages. And I did go on to Rafinha's social media and he did post a story. He was out to dinner last night. He was walking around. He looks okay. He looks in good spirits. So that gives me a bit of hope. But until I see him in the Leeds training gear um, and Biesler's additional press conference tonight, I obviously won't make the final final call. But, you know, I think when I look at my team, I've got Rafinha and Bamford. And Rafinha is someone I prefer to keep. Um, I think Bamford's an easier swap out. Uh, whereas with Rafinha, um, yeah, like I just think he's such a good midfielder. Um, if it's only a minor injury, you just want to keep him for these ongoing fixtures to still keep your leads coverage. So I'd wait on Rafinha. Yeah, but I think the important question and the one that everyone wants to know, Guru, is what did he have to eat? Where was he at for dinner? <laughs> yeah, look, I don't, I don't know that bit, but um, he looked happy. He was smiling, um, you know, and that's good news for Rafinha owners. So hold for now uh, with Rafinha for sure. Yeah, I think that's the smart choice as well. You know, even if he doesn't play, me and you, you know, we've got that sort of bench cover because we played our wild cards that if he doesn't end up playing, you know, we're going to have that fifth defender maybe come on the pitch anyway. So that would be very handy uh, for people like us. But, you know, if people were considering taking him out, Guru, you know, if you had to pick maybe a couple of players that are a similar price point, who would you sort of pick? I think the the hot one this week is Saar from Watford, you know, 6.1 million. He had the... You know, the couple of goals last week, pretty good fixture this week. So um, probably Saar uh, at that price point. You know, you've got the likes of Odegaard as well. Um, for Arsenal, we've seen he's on set pieces. Um, you know, it could be an open game this weekend in the derby. And then their fixtures are quite good as well. Um, you know, if you can afford that extra 0.5, I'd be looking at maybe someone like Zaha as well. Um, I think he's a really good fit. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably be looking at those. But obviously, Z- uh, Saar from Watford, Ismail Assar, um, is probably the most obvious this week. Um, but again, everyone's kind of jumping on him. So, you know, you want to look for something different, like Zaha, I think, like I mentioned, really, really good. Um, and Odegaard. And um, yeah, maybe even, uh, I was even looking at um, uh, Nundon Belly, sorry, from, from Spurs. Obviously, I know uh, Daniel, who uh, watches our pod, D10, he does our Razzler section and uh, he mentioned Indombelli in there, and I think his price has gone down to about 5.8 million. Um, and he got some goals last season, he got some assists, and yeah, he's someone to look out for because uh, he's a good price point. And then after this you know, potentially open game against Arsenal, we've got the likes of Newcastle, Aston Villa, you know, a couple of greener fixtures. So I'd still be keeping eyes on someone like Nundombelli. Um, and he can kind of give you that Razzler effect that the Rafinha gives you as well. So um, yeah, I'll be keeping tabs on him. 
Yeah, I just remember that roulette against Southampton where he just spun a player and I think he played Son straight in. Son went and scored. I just remember that, I think, off the top of my head. But he's he's a brilliant player, on Bele. And, you know, we spoke about it a lot, you know, in the, the Crystal Palace Spurs watch along that, you know, he, if he had played and if he'd been, you know, match fit for most of it, then it would have been a very, very different game, I think. But I think Zaha's an interesting one, Guru, because, you know, usually a lot of people would be having him in their team for the start, but Palace didn't have the best sort of fixtures um, to start off with. And they're sort of coming off their sort of rotten run of, uh, of fixtures now. So do you think, you know, he, he's cheap, he's on penalties, is sort of a no-brainer, isn't it, if you need that sort of replacement for Rafinha, if you can bump the price up because so many people are going with Saar. Zaha's the man, isn't he? Yeah, I think I agree. Um, you know, especially with the penalties, now he's on pens. You know, it makes him a completely different beast. Um, you know, in the Brighton game, we spoke about it the other night, is, is a derby game and, um, you know, we expect goals. Uh, he's he's our main pla- uh, main player at Palace Zaha, so yeah, I think he's a great show. And you know, at the same time, you want to stick with the template, but you do want to try and get differentials in there as well that can you know push you up mini leagues, push you up in your global rank. And I think Zaha definitely fits that bill. Yeah, so you heard it here from the guru first. If you've got Bamford, we think it's worth selling, but if you've got Rafinha, he thinks it's wise to hold. If we move on to the second hot tip of the week, then Guru, it's sort of revolving around Liverpool, Chelsea and Man City assets on the back end of the pitch. So defenders, you know, there's a lot of premium defenders this year and a lot of them have been scoring very high at the minute. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Marcus Alonso, the list really just goes on. So what is sort of the right number to have in your team at the minute, do you think? Yeah, look, we've obviously seen Liverpool, Chelsea and City keeping a lot of clean sheets. Um, so I'd say in terms of the right number, you definitely want at least one from each. So, you know, one from Liverpool, one from Chelsea um, in particular. And then you'd be wanting to aim for someone from City, probably more from game week eight onwards. So, um, you know, the likes of Ruben Diaz is probably the one you want to look up from City. Um, pretty nailed on. Maybe Carl Walker tends to keep that, that right back spot quite often. Um, and he's at quite a good this season. So, um, yeah, I think City, you like to Diaz and Walker. Probably want to look at one of them, but game week onwards, you can probably wait uh, until then. And these next couple of games are quite tricky with the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, and then uh, Liverpool defenders, you've got Trent, you've got Robbo, you've got Van Dijk. So you definitely want to have at least one of them. Um, I think either of them is pretty good. Trent's obviously the, the most vital one, um, the one that we say, you know, you set and forget him for the season. But I think Van Dijk's going to come as a pretty big uh, option. Um, set piece threat as well. Um, and he's getting on the he'll be getting on the end of Trent's corners and he's shown some good form uh, you know this season again so definitely him and then Chelsea you want at least one and I think it's between probably Rudiger and Alonso right now Um, and then you know the likes of Christensen he's cheap um, but again he's a type of player if you put him in because he's cheap and then he gets dropped the next week then you know can't be too upset because you pay for what you get in, uh, in FPL sometimes and I think Alonso and Rudiger are the best. Uh, Reese James dropped off my radar a little bit. I did hear a fact earlier that he's only started 55% of games since Thomas Tuchel's come in. So, yeah, he's fallen off my um, off my sort of preferred list for Chelsea. And I think, yeah, Rudiger's probably that main one um, in terms of the defence. 
Yeah, Reese James, it's a shame because he did have such a good game in the week in the, in the Cup against Aston Villa as well. He got the assist for Timo Werner's goal and he did score the winning penalty as well. So that was really nice to see after you know the hardship he sort of faced in the past couple of weeks. But, you know, I, I remember we spoke about it. Reese James, game week seven, get him in your team so early on in the season. But he has sort of, you know, found his way out of it in the, in the Chelsea sort of lineup at the minute, hasn't he? So it's a difficult one. I definitely think Rudiger, um, if you need a player that you just know is going to start 90% of the games for Chelsea this season. We know that Tuchel loves him. Um, he's probably pretty nailed on to start all those games and he's still, you know, he's still got the legs to, to play most games. Whereas Azpilicueta, you know, we saw it with the Chelsea's earlier game in the Champions League. He got rested on the weekend of the Premier League and then he got played in the Champions League midweek. So I think Rudiger's definitely the option with Chelsea. He did rise, however, Guru did need to 5.6. So that might trouble a couple of managers, but, you know, that extra 0.1 million is definitely worth it, you'd feel. I think so. You know, the Chelsea defenders are going to be pretty vital for this run of games. You know, they've got a lot of green, expecting a lot of clean sheets. They don't let in many goals as it is. So, you know, I think they'll um, they'll get a number of clean sheets over the next couple of months. Um, so, yeah, if you can get someone in there now, you know, before the prices go even higher, then, yeah, get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And I was surprised to hear that you didn't mention Joel Matip as a potential Liverpool option. Um, you know, maybe it's because Canate did play the other night for Liverpool, but, you know, he's he's definitely the, the enabler of that back four. He still doesn't come at a cheap price, but he can definitely be one that you're just going to guaranteed your, your clean sheet points most of the time, you'd like to think. But, you know, he doesn't really give that threat that Van Dijk sort of gives. So would you recommend going Matip if, it, you know, even if you can't get your Trent, your Robertsons or your Van Dijk's in your team, or would you sort of hold off and look to upgrade elsewhere. I think you can still go him because of his price, but you definitely need a backup on the bench. You know, you need a sub. Um, you know, obviously we've got Livermento this year, so it does work quite well. Um, but you need a playing sub then because, you know, Matip's got an injury history. Um, and he's also lost his place uh, to Canate last game. Um, probably come back in this week, but there's that rotation threat. Same sort of thing with, with Christensen. Um, I don't think they're as nailed week in, week out, whereas... Van Dyke, Trent, Robertson, you know, outside of injury uh, or illness, they're, they're likely going to play every game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you heard it there from the guru. It's best to have one from each if you can. And the favoured ones, Rudiger, Trent, Diaz, those sorts of players that you know are going to start most games and get you those returns. If we move on to the third hot tip of the week then for game week six, and it's the one that I'm most looking forward to, Guru, because I'm still tossing up between these two. It's about captaincy and it's between Ronaldo and Mohamed Salah for this week. There isn't a bad choice between the two, is there, Guru? There's not. Look, I said it the other day on our on our pod. Um, either choice is good. You know, Ronaldo's got a home game. He's scored in each game that he's featured in for United so far. Um, Salah's got a game against Brentford. You know, so either choice is actually really good this weekend. Um, if I had to have a preference, it's going to be Salah. Um, 11 points um, in terms of his to total points. Sorry, he's 11 points ahead of his nearest competitor for total points this season. So he's on 50 points so far. You know, average of 10 points a week. He's guaranteed to take pens. He gets midfielder points. He gets clean sheet points. So that alone puts him above Ronaldo as a captaincy choice for me, uh, especially on a game week where... You know, you probably even look at Liverpool's game and think it's an easier fixture on paper as well. Um, you know, the likes of Brentford as comparison to Aston Villa. Um, so I'd probably say Salah wins it for me just, but either choice is good. Um, but you've got to chase more goals um, and assists if you pick Ronaldo. That's the thing. Midfielder that's 
like Salah, who's effectively a striker anyway in the position he plays. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, probably the one I'd back between the two. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a fair shout. And as we said, there really isn't a, a better choice between the two. It's sort of, you know, that they're, they're going to, go head to head this weekend and it's going to be a fairly even uh, matchup I think but you know it's just that that extra point for a goal from the midfielder Guru really always does sway me towards the midfield as well no matter who it is and Salah just has been on insane form for this season but then again you know Ronaldo has as well if there's going to be a Man United player that's going to score it's going to be Ronaldo but you'd feel the same for Salah so we're sort of in a, a predicament aren't we? Yeah look you're right Elliot um, but I think last week was a great example um, you know, those who cut Captain Ronaldo got six points. He got a goal, you know, still returned. But then Salah, he come out with a goal, more points already uh, just from the goal, come out with an assist. So I think, you know, you're completely right what you said uh, with those midfielder points. Um, you know, Salah, Salah does just edge it in that respect. Yeah, and you know, the bonus point system really does like the way that Salah plays as well with his dribbles and his passing, all that sort of hold up and link up play, you know, where Ronaldo maybe doesn't have, have that too much in his locker these days, but you know, he's still a fantastic player and we've seen it time and time again. So there really, really isn't a bad choice, but you've heard it from the guru there. The best option he thinks to go with is Salah. I'm going to agree with you, Guru. It's just the extra point for the midfielder. And I can't can't take it off Salah this week after the returns that he's got for me in the past couple of weeks. He's just been absolutely ridiculous. So, um, yeah, there's your, your three hot tips for the week. I think the, the main takeaways from it is get rid of Bamford if you can. You should probably hold on Rafinha uh, as much as you can. Get as many Liverpool City and Chelsea defenders in your team as you can because they're just so defensively solid this season. And, uh, you know, there really isn't a better choice between the two for the captains, but Salah might just edge it between the two. So if we move on to the Q&A section now, so if you are watching along live, if you've got any comments, make sure to get them in and uh, we'll do our best to answer them. I just want to bring up a point from FPL Rubber Ducky, which is really nice to see you back on the channel, mate. Haven't seen your face for a while, so it's nice to see you commenting. And he says, no point going any other Liverpool player other than T, Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's the best player in FPL and he's your sixth midfielder. And Guru, we've been saying that all season, haven't we? He literally plays as your sixth midfielder, doesn't he? Yeah, Robert Ducky's spot on there. Um, Fixture-proof player. He's on set pieces. He can score free kicks as well. Um, he's playing so high up the pitch. He, he is a midfielder. So, yeah, Robert Ducky's spot on. Um, you know, for the price point, Alexander-Arnold, I think he's about 7.6 now. Um, he's going to come out with 200-plus points, I think, which, you know, is most than a premium midfielder. So, yeah, why not put the money in him? Yeah, and you know, the guru was talking about Rafinha and how he was out for dinner on his Instagram the other night. But Reedy here, I uh, really is the journalist that, you know, not the journalist that we need, but the journalist that we deserve. He says one of his mates, uh, you know, had a package that dropped off to Trent's house the other day. So he says, Trent Alexander-Arnold bench minimum is all he's saying. So you heard it here first. If he doesn't make the bench, you can blame Chris Reed because... You know, if he's dropping off parcels, then you're expecting the delivery driver is going to be asking him a couple of questions there. So you heard it from Reedy. He's going to be starting. He's going to be on the bench at least. So he's definitely going to travel with the team. So you need to get him in your teams and start him if you can. But we've got a couple of Discord questions, Guru. We've got one from Pizza Boy. Who else would it be? He says, Lukaku, stick or twist? And should he roll over a transfer? Wow, I'm amazed that Pizza Boy is even considering twisting uh, Lukaku out because we know, you know, what a big Chelsea fan he is. And we know what a big Lukaku fan he is. So, 
Um, look, I would 100% stick with Lukaku if he's in your team already. Um, it's just going to be an absolute nightmare to you know even have to bring him out if you bring him back in. Sorry. So if you take him uh, take him out this week, you're going to want him for this run of games with Chelsea anyway. So 100% stick with Lukaku if you've got him already. Yeah, and you know with the fixtures that Chelsea have got coming up, why would you want to get rid of him now, Guru? Exactly that, and you know all it takes is a Lukaku goal this weekend, and his price might even rise again, point one. So. Yeah, you've got to hold on to him. Look, we know he blanks. You know, he's notorious for blanking in the bigger fixtures, in the tighter games. We've seen it before. They've seen it this season uh, in the two sort of more difficult games he's played. He hasn't scored. Um, We've seen it in games, you know, back at Man United where pretty much every big game he played didn't show up, didn't score, didn't really get involved. Um, But that's not to say that's not going to change this weekend against City. Um, you know, and I think uh, he's someone that, that you want to hold. They've got so much green coming up. Home against Southampton next week. I think they've got Brentford away the week after. They've got Norwich at home coming up. Um, yeah, Pizza Boy, you've got to hold. Yeah, I think, you know, it's insane to get rid of him now. You know, he's nearly over the hill and he's sort of on the, the slide down now so he can start performing against those smaller teams, which we know he loves to just bully. Um, and I'm sure you'll be getting a lot of uh, big returns from him off of that. And, you know, our very own Josh asks, do you think Ben Foster will be starting again after getting a 3-1 win and making a couple of saves for Watford? And Guru, I don't see any reason why, you know, he wouldn't be the favoured this week. He had a good performance in net for Watford. So do you think he's going to start again this week? A difficult one, isn't it? Um, you know, Backman, I think, still got a, a slight yellow-orange type of flag on him at the moment. Um, looked like Foster had a pretty good game. You know, maybe could have done, done a bit better for the Pookie goal. Um, you know, is what a few Watford fans are saying. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, JC's on to something there. It wouldn't put it past me if, uh, if Foster does get another start, um, which is good. You know, he's a four million goalkeeper. You can throw him in between the sticks. Um, but again, you know, don't rely on him starting every week. Um, but yeah, it's probably worth just starting in goal for, for this game. And then if he doesn't, you've got to back up people to come on anyway. So yeah, why not? Yeah, and the people that had Ben Foster in their team and have held him, you know, on the bench for six weeks is finally starting to pay off now. There was a lot of, you know, worry at the start of the season because he was such high ownership that maybe he was going to fall in price if he wasn't playing. But he's managed to hold that four million price at the minute. And, um, you know, if he can get sort of a run of games in, then you'll be absolutely laughing because, you know, even that extra 0.5 million is so big at the minute with all these premium assets, you know, every uh, sort of scent that you can get into your team really does count, doesn't it, Guru? So we've got another question uh, from Jack. He says, Shaw still on set pieces, a couple of difficult fixtures, leaky defence, sell or hold? Yeah, look, I think Luke Shaw got to sell now. Um, you know, the price he is, there's options out there that are getting more points. Um, you know, you can get a Chelsea asset uh, in return. Um, you could even, you know, like we mentioned, on likes of Christensen, you could gamble on, on Christensen. Um, you could bring in Matip, uh, even for his games. You know, I just think, yeah, you've got to get rid of Shaw now. Um, there will be a time where Shaw will come back into our teams. You know, United's fixtures, I think December onwards look brilliant. Um, but yeah, right now, obviously he's got the set-piece threat, but you know, he's not the same set-piece threat as, say, a Trent Alexander-Arnold is. So, yeah, I think at the 5.5 mil price point, he might be, I think he's even gone down, actually. He took a bit of a price drop. Um, yeah, I'd be getting rid of him. Even Cresswell, for me, is a, a better option than Luke Shaw this season so far. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you. You know, there's a lot of hype around the Euros, but he's definitely sort of tapered out towards the start of this season. We've got another one from our community Discord from FPL Commander that we did get the the FPL GOAT Rory's perspective on Midweek Guru. But um, I'd like to, you know, hear your opinion on the match. He says, is it a good idea to hold your nerves and keep players with good fixture runs rather than jumping on bad the bandwagons of players like Saar who only have two good fixtures uh, ahead for Watford despite hauling at all? Um, yeah, I think you've, you've got to uh, keep hold of those players. You know, prime example was Tony. Um, you know, I purchased him for the first five games, only gave him four. And then by the fifth game, he come out and got, you know, a 12 pointer. So, um, yeah, I'd be keeping, uh, you know, another example, I've got Yotta at the moment in my team, bring him in a couple of games ago. Hasn't quite hit the numbers I wanted. He's, he's had chances. He's missed open goals. You know, we've all seen that. Um, but this weekend he could come out, hopefully grab a goal and, you know, some bonus, maybe a couple of goals. So, yeah, I'd hold, um, you know, depending on who the players is. It's always nice to jump on those bandwagons, though, you know, the likes of Saar um, right now. He's hot. He's doing well. But if you've got another option that, you know, you've bought in for a reason, you've bought in because he's got good fixtures like a Yota, like a Rafinha. Um, obviously, if, if Rafinha is fit to play, then, um, yeah, keep hold of them. You've bought them in for a reason. So, um, yeah keep the faith yeah we just got two more questions guru ollie asks is reese james risky i think he may have jumped the gun bringing him in and i'd agree with you there ollie before the guru can even say anything played 90 minutes midweek in the carabao cup for chelsea there's probably not much chance that he's going to be starting for them this week so what do you make of this guru yeah i think he is risky um see we mentioned earlier he said you know 55 percent of uh starts only a game sorry he's played under two calls so you know, that's not many. Um, when he does play, what I will say, Ollie, is when he does play, he will get big scores. Um, or he's got a high chance of big scores because, you know, takes the odd set piece, puts some good balls in, grabs assists, gets clean sheets. But um, if you want to nail it on Chelsea defender, um, yeah, he's probably a little bit too risky. So, um, yeah, R- Rudig is a better option in terms of more starts. I think he'll play a lot more minutes. Um, yeah, tough one, but probably say he's a little bit too risky for rotation but when he does get the minutes he will get points yeah absolutely and the final one of the live stream today guru chris reed asks do we expect jamie vardy to be having a party this weekend i agree i think he'll definitely be having a party this weekend you know burnley at home he's got a good record against them a good record at the king power stadium you know wouldn't put it past me if vardy uh, vardy outscores uh ronaldo this weekend um in FPL points and potentially as a captain. I've said it to a few people in the Discord that had Vardy and they were quick to get rid of him. Um, I said, these are the fixtures. He grabbed goals last week. He got bonus last week. The BPS system loves him. Um, I think he will have a party this weekend against Burnley. You heard it here first from the guru Vardy over Ronaldo this week, possibly. So we'll just have to see how this game week does go, uh, which way it does go this week, Guru. But it was a pleasure to sit down and talk to you through, you know, the, the hot tips for the week. I'm definitely going to be taking a couple of those on board. And um, thank you very much, everyone who, who sat here and asked comments and, and joined us for this. We hope you've taken something out of it. And if you haven't already, make sure you drop a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll be back tomorrow night with the watch along for Man City, Chelsea and Man United, Aston Villa as well. So it should be a really, really good time. So I hope may uh, all your FPL dreams come true in game week six. Take care. Stay safe. Bye for now. Bye.